G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Just being known by name by five adults has such a significant impact on the faith retention of young people. In fact, they say it's one of the most significant influences in whether or not a young person will retain faith into adulthood. Unfortunately, we're seeing an increasing number of young people being disengaged in church and not having a lifelong faith. On today's Focus on the Family Australia is Kimberly Smith, author, speaker, and the Generations and Emerging Leader Pastor for the Baptist Union of Victoria. We're going to discuss how the church and the role that you and I can play to be more intentional to create a warm and welcoming environment for all ages. We'll also share some good news stories of those doing well. That's Kimberly Smith with my wife Kate and myself Brett Ryan for Focus on the Family Australia. Well, welcome back. Uh, It's good to be here again. I'm glad that I get this privilege. Well, we spoke last time about the significant or the sobering figures of so many young people. In fact, some research is saying up to two-thirds of young people growing up in the church will not be there in their adulthood. And we spoke about some of the issues related to that and how to address this issue, how parents and the church can address this. And we were landing on number of six points. And number six was talking about creating a warm community, a welcoming community. So let's start there. How can we create a warm community for young people that they want to stay? Yeah. And I think, I mean, just to start with, that's such a significant thing to be reflecting on how important just the community vibe of a church is to the engagement and the, to the faith retention then of young people. And as I mentioned, I love this because it's so accessible. Everybody has a part to play. This is not a, a professional role. You don't have a warm community pastor, you know, or a, or a, um, a roster for warmth. You know, that it actually takes everybody playing their part because that's what makes a whole space feel warm. You know, not just one experience, but the whole experience is, embracing and warm, it it requires everybody to take up their part in that. So I think that's really significant. Mm. I mentioned too in the previous episode that one of the most incredible statistics I think that came out of this research is the fact that just being known by name by five adults has such a significant impact on the faith retention of young people. In fact, they say it's one of the most significant influences in whether or not a young person will retain faith into adulthood. And again, I mean, it's kind of confronting in how simple it is, but it's also so permission-giving because that's everybody's job. You don't have to be a theologian to know somebody's name. You don't have to be an ordained pastor to know somebody's name. You know, Everybody can take up a role mm. in fueling that warm community just by their intentionality to get to know the people who are there. And so, as you're saying, it's the entire church is to create this atmosphere of mm. welcoming young people. But it's not only just young people, it's also the mature age people in the church. Yeah. 
it's for every generation. I had a personal experience of this in the last two years. I had to change churches and move towns and do all the things. And so I've, I suddenly had my own experience of trying to re-engage into a church community. And it was very pleasant for me to discover that these things that I've been preaching for many years are actually true as I experienced. <laughs> You're not just a theorist. Life. That's right. Apparently, I was right all along because I drove away from church. It was a couple of months into being there, but I drove away just thinking, that's my home. These are my people, you know, and yeah. I did the self-analysis, like, why am I feeling that? What's the ingredients? What's taken place to make me feel that? And in that morning, in that one time I'd been at church, as I'd come in the door, a little person, like a three-year-old, had screamed my name, Kimmy, and just come running across the foyer and greeted me as I came in the door and super excited to see me. And then I had all sorts of other, you know, encounters and interactions as the morning went on but just as I was about to leave I got to the door and heard my name again and this time it was from one of our more senior women who didn't run across the foyer and jump into my arms but <laughs> she actually said Kim come I haven't given you a hug this morning and she you know drew me into an embrace and knew me by name and sort of recognized me and saw me and wanted to make sure that I'd felt that sense of warmth from her and, I, and so as I drove away I'm like it's because this is true, you know, that if you're known outside your own yeah. age group and outside those people who are part of your normal social set or those that you would interact with more naturally, that's what makes you feel like you're part of the whole thing. And my church has hundreds of people in it and they're only two people, but they made such an impact. It just that there's a, a little one and an older one. And I'm like, yeah, this is my whole family. This because you matter. So, you matter as an individual. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, we had the same thing because we've moved into a new church as well. And Brett was sitting next to one of my friends who's got a little girl and we're new to the church. And this little girl, Brett says, oh, you're eating blueberries. And she goes, you can have one, Brett. Oh. You know, so And cute. apparently that was a very a rare occasion. It, and so that made him feel the so special. So it's tr- it really is true. It was half eaten too, so it made it really special. <laughs> that the that was quite little, an moment. <laughs> yeah, but just little people and older people knowing yeah. your name. It doesn't matter who yeah. you are. It, yeah. it just makes you feel special. And we get so inhibited. We think that it requires something more. And so we do actually think, even though we probably wouldn't say this out loud, we individuals in the church sort of think, oh, they wouldn't want to talk to me and mm. what does it matter if I say hello to them? They probably want someone important to say hello to them or they've probably got their own friends, they've got younger friends or older friends. We um, assume that everybody's okay and that maybe we don't have much to offer where we could be the significant difference. That I find fascinating because I think from, you know, even our age perspective, it's like... Mm. Well, the younger people really don't want to talk to us. You know, yeah. they want to talk to their peers or what have we got to offer to the conversation that they're going to want yeah. to be And they may seem yeah. hesitant, but they really do want to be known by yeah, you and, as yeah. an individual. And it's possibly true. They don't want to talk to you. That's okay, though. <laughs> they still want to be known. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's right. Like, I guess I don't really want to talk about whatever it is that you're doing, 13-year-old boy, because I don't know anything either. <laughs> but I still like that you know who I am and I can know who you are. Um, and particularly for younger ages and different personalities that find that sort of, you know, casual interactions really challenging. Yeah. Sometimes it can be quite awkward, but I think everybody appreciates the effort. Yeah. Everybody appreciates just somebody taking the time to say hello and to remember their name or remember something about them. Yeah, that's great. This simple exercise, it can challenge a lot of people just in their own neighbourhood, in their communities. You know, it could be a sporting club. Yep. But in our context, many people who are listening to this are saying, this should be happening in my church. Yeah. 
but yeah. it's not happening. And you're saying this simple yeah. exercise could make all the difference to make church yeah. much more relevant and much more real and much more authentic for young people. So for yeah. many of the parents who may be listening to this and saying, but my kid doesn't want to go. I feel like I'm dragging them. I feel like I'm pulling teeth. So what would yeah. you say to that parent? Yeah, well, firstly, you're not alone. You know, like, there's a lot of people who experience the same thing. But I think a challenge for parents and adults in that space is to actually embrace a sense of the value of what you're hoping to engage your child into so that it will override any cost or pain that might be necessary for it. I mean, there's not that many kids who wake up every day and just want to go to school. You know, they're just like bounce out of bed and say, can we go now? Can we go now? Can we go now? They do that for the first three days of prep. And then I think it <laughs> wears off after that. But, um, they might go through seasons of, of being more interested. But as adults, as guardians of those children, we say, actually, school's really important. And so we're going to try and do what we can to shift your attitude. And we get like, what's the problem? Why don't you want to go there? And we try and talk them into a space of, or you might learn something, or maybe you could take this and show somebody, and we help navigate that space for them it's because excellent. we're sort of saying, you're going to have to go anyway, so let's make the best of this. <laughs> but then we treat church as a real negotiable. We don't all. We can. It's, there's a tendency that we treat church as a negotiable, and when the battle is there, we're like, oh, you know what, don't worry about it. But what we're actually saying at that moment is church is not worth fighting you for. School is. you know, like, um, Piano practice is but church is not worth it. So I think it's a shift for us as adults in those spaces to think, how can we be reframing what church is, what we're hoping children will get you know, from being there, what they can contribute to it as you know, participants and serving in, and engaging in that space so that it causes, even in the adult, let alone the child, that sort of sense of let's get past this, you know, mm. this sort of tension or the, the challenge to get you out the door because the value is too great not to do it. And I've had many people say, oh, I'm worried that if I keep forcing my kid to go to church, that he or she's not going to like church. And Because um, they've heard stories of that or their own experiences have been yeah, evident. Yeah, either. Or at least something there is, is sort of planted that fear that if I say, you know, you have to go and I make them go, that at some point they're going to look back and say, mom, you know, dad, you made me go and that's why I hated church. But I have two things to say. One is that staying at home won't make them like church anymore. So <laughs> there's You're a guarantee the that they're yeah. not going to like it more. You know, at least going to a church is a chance that they might engage in a different way. But also it's not the dragging. It's about where you're dragging them to. Because I guarantee that a child being dragged to a chocolate factory won't look back in 10 years and say, oh, Mom, you dragged me to the chocolate factory. It was trauma. You know, because it's not about the dragging. It's about what's at the other end and, yeah. and how valued it is and how positive that experience is, which circles us back to this whole idea, if it's a warm community, if it's a place of belonging, if it feels like family, if they feel known and loved and accepted, if they've got friends there, if they've got purpose there, then the dragging might become less Purpose is really important, isn't it? Purpose, serving in the local church and gets them over the hump. Yeah. yeah. If it's not a, what you're describing, okay, what the ideal church is, it's warm, it's welcoming, etc., and the church that the parents go to isn't that. And yep. that's why the kids don't want to go because they have been. It's not that they feel quite isolated or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, what do you say when kids go, I'll go to church, but I want to go to another church? Yeah. 
Yeah. How would you address well, that? I, I think, yeah, it's a good question. And I, I do think that the higher value here is that they're engaging with people of faith and they're being exposed to the things of faith than it's a family outing. And yes. I know that that might sound a little bit controversial, but I think that the challenge for families is to find a church where everybody is engaged. And I think the value of allowing your children to... I mean, as children get older and they're adults and they make their own decisions, I think that's, you know it's a different story again. But if there's a way that your young person is being drawn into a, a faith environment... I think you don't want to fight against that. Mm. You know, you want to find a way to work with it. So whether that's, you know, the whole family engages in that faith space or whether there's a compromise that's reached about how that faith experience intersects with what the family as a whole does, I think the highest value is that your young people are being exposed to, you know, developing relationships with and being drawn into environments where they can explore their own faith, I think that has to be the higher priority and the higher value. So we can't stand on the principle of saying, you're coming to this church and that's it, yeah. which then becomes more legalistic rather than through relationship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. And I think, too, you know, if you're a family who's part of a church that even the whole family's not that excited about it, which is partly why you're not dragging your kids to it because you're like, seriously, I wouldn't go <laughs> if I wasn't a member either. You know? like, <laughs> not ideal. That sort of attitude that snuck in, I think it is worth reviewing, you know, doing a self-audit. What do I think and why and what are the attitudes that I'm holding and where are the sticking points? But our families but also, always come to this church. We're always we, going to be there. We have a generation. seat. Yes. Well, I, I actually think sitting down as a family and talking about, you know, if there's there might be two or three of your children who go, we really don't like it here, the kids' ministry or whatever, they're not connecting in some way then to sit down and say, well, what is it that we're all really looking for? Yeah. Um, and I think, too, the touching on the idea of serving together, like I yeah. think how then do we as a family shape this into an environment that we'd all like to be part of? So if we yeah. want the worship to be more dynamic, what can we contribute to that? Or if we want the foyer to be more welcoming, how can we, you know, start handing out Easter eggs and be more welcoming people ourselves? You know, what does it look like if we want to be connected with other people like relationally let's get our life group you know our small group or whatever and let's do life with them in a more robust kind of way and then let that seep out into other places of the church and be an influence on how others would seek to To be part of the solution not the problem (laughs) absolutely and i I mean every church is just a collection of people like i mean there's a degree to which systems and structures you know, shape culture and climate, but mostly it's just the collection of the bodies that are warming the spaces, you know. So whatever temperature you are is what the temperature will be in the room. And I think um, we all get to be, you know, part of shaping that space, including the parents of children whose families are struggling or or whatever, or the children themselves. How can they serve? What can they give? Or even, um, you know, what does it look like for a teenager to think, you know, if I was in kids' ministry right now, this is the kind of leadership I'd like. Maybe I could be that leader for a little kid. And so their experience of Sunday school or kids' ministry is that they had a teenage leader who really loved and invested yeah. in them. Yeah. So, you know, let me switch that around and point outwards. What can I ensure somebody else experiences, even if it's not really my experience or Very um, much it's so. not something that's been part of my church life? That's Pastor Kimberly Smith, our guest today. We really hope this program has been encouraging. As a donor-supported ministry, we are 100% reliant on families like yours to fund this ministry. I would invite you to go to our website at families.org.au and you can call us on 1300 300 361 and donate 
so that we can continue to help more Australian families like yours to thrive. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan. Our guest today is author, speaker and pastor, Kimberly Smith who is the Generations and Emerging Leaders Pastor at the Baptist Union of Victoria. In your role and responsibilities at Baptist Union Victoria as the Generations and the Emerging Leaders Pastor, who's doing it well and what are some stories that you can share that you have been really encouraged or in your own experience? What has really made you feel like, hey, these group of people, they're doing it well. They're doing it really well and it's actually making people feel welcome and it's a warm environment and it's authentic and genuine. As I mentioned, you know, in my role, I do a lot of visiting of churches and I gather story and pollen from all the different flowers and share that around like the busy bee. The the busy bee, the the bee pasta. (laughs) Yeah, and um, yeah, there's great stories from things that are more organised to things that are a bit more incidental. There's a church up in northern Victoria. There's an older gentleman who... On Sunday evenings, he comes to church early and stays late with L plates on his car and he teaches young people how to park. So he takes them out into the car park and, you know, gives them a a little bit of a lesson. And he's extended that out, actually. I I bumped into him recently and told him that I'd talk about him when (laughs) I share these stories. But they're doing it into the refugee community where they live, where, you know, the adults in those families don't have their own license, so can't instruct the children, you know, who are coming into that stage and age of life. So that's a great Faith in action. Faith in action. It's fantastic. It's so practical, but so good. And of course, everybody just loves him, you know, and they all line up for their turn to have him do that for them. And there's numerous churches across all of our churches, you know, when they're involved in camp or, you know, larger events, when older people invest by coming to do food preparation. Mm. I actually came to faith as a young person when my family were present at a youth camp because my mum and dad were the camp mum and dad. And I was sitting up the back of a a youth camp and sort of responded to the message that the um, youth pastor had shared. But, you know, where the whole family is involved in serving or at least older people are involved Mm. in serving into a space that it's not a ministry that's actually for them, but they're there to serve. There's a church over in Bayside. They got far more intentional about this and they run a program called Gen Links or Generation Links. And they basically do a sort of a matchmaking service of pairing up seniors in their church to pray for young people in their church. And the young person creates a um, sort of like a compassion sponsored child form with a photo and a few details about the child. And the senior person, they have two commitments. They have to learn and use the name of the child and then to pray for them. That's the baseline commitment. And um, And then the other encouragement there is that if the senior person wants to find out more about what's happening in the life of the child, they would go through the parents to find that out. So you end up with this sort of three-generation relationship right. taking place. And the young people are aware who their prayer buddy, who their GenLink partner is. But the stories that have come out of that space are just beautiful. And I mean, for some, that's all it is, is they just know each other's name and they know that they pray for them. There's not a lot of... You know, five people. Five people may know their name, though. That's it. Well, it's just going to yeah. add up to the five. It's like but the also, surrogate surrogate grandparents. 
so many people are disconnected from their grandparents or they don't have grandparents in space and so they fill a role yeah. there. But you can imagine how significant it is for the older person to have that purposeful engagement into the younger people's lives. They tell a story that they had a members meeting at church where the youth pastor was sharing about an upcoming youth camp and one of the seniors interrupted and said, oh, is my child going to this camp? You know, is, is this something that involves him? And the youth pastor was like, well, yeah. Well, and Oh, she pulled out her pen and paper and wanted all the information about what was happening at this camp because <laughs> oh. my child's going to be there and I need to know about this so I can pay for them. But again, this layers of, um, you know, interaction and awareness and shared experience to come out of that intentionality. So, yeah, there's lots of churches that have been very creative in how they're managing or how they're hoping to facilitate things. Oh, Fantastic. That is fabulous. Um, time is fast coming to an end, unfortunately. Again. And uh, <laughs> and when we unpack this whole thing, it, it, it comes down to one particular word, and that yeah. is relationship. So yeah. in our time remaining, you know, let's just get down to a little bit more detail about this relationship building that is so vitally important for young people to navigate where they fit into the world, but where they fit in their faith and where they fit yeah. into their communities. Well, I mean, ultimately, that faith is relationship, right? It's us being drawn into relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus, and that's the purpose, and that's the point. And so if we are wanting our young people to experience a relationship with God, we want to draw them in by relational means. You know, you don't sort of, here's the six reasons you should be in relationship with God. You know, here's the tasks that you need to complete. It's like, God loves you, so let me show you how He loves you by loving you as well, you know, Mm. by being an expression of that. So, you know, surely for us as a church, everything comes back as people of faith to relationship and people are what matters most to God. And so they should matter most to us. And so I think, you know, as I keep saying, I think the simplicity of this is just so profound, you know, that all that we need to do is just be relational, be intentional in our relationships, you know, knowing people by name, um, making sure that we're just doing what we can to shift language or check ourselves to see that we're not being judgmental or that we're not being exclusive in the ways that we speak or we act, even inadvertently. I think most of it is inadvertent. We're not intentionally trying to exclude people, but in our focus on who we are including, we leave others out. And so it's, it's shifting you know, that into a more intentional space. Like if I was a young person here in this room, how would I feel? You know, what would it be like for a young family or a um, a teenager or something to be like to move into that place of empathy and and really try to see things from other people's perspective. And I think it does come back to realising that I, me, the individual, has a part to play in the faith formation and engagement of everybody who might, you know, connect into the spaces that I'm in. Like I have a part to play. I don't get to fob it off to my senior pastor or the youth pastor or somebody else like I'm actually part of fueling this warm community that's going to create the environment where exposure and faith development is most possible for our young people. So we have to really get out of our consumer mentality to wanting to contribute so when we go to church it's not well what are we going to get out of it today it's what are we going to bring to it today. I had a delightful older lady at my church once um, say to me I overheard her speaking to another senior lady he was complaining that the music was a bit too loud. And she said to this lady, what did you think? She said, oh, look, I've had my turn of the music being for me. I want it to be 
a place where younger people would enjoy it. It's not about me anymore. Oh, that's yeah, beautiful. I wanted to, like, you know, record her and, like, flash that across all of the, the billboards <laughs> I could find, you know. But I thought, what a beautiful attitude. It's actually not about me. You know, I, like, and I even say that myself, you know, I've learned to worship to any music. You know, I yeah. can worship to an organ or I can worship to a full band or because my faith and my level of maturity and engagement and practice and experience means I can do it anyway. But for our young people, if that's going to help them connect with God, let's do it. You know, let's think about just making those shifts that would say, like, you matter. We want to make this a place where you can actually explore your faith and where this is a place where you as a whole family or you as a teenager or as a young person might feel so at home and so known and so comfortable that you're best positioned spiritually to hear from God and allow his truth to actually penetrate your heart. Yeah. Well, Pastor Kimberly Smith, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience and your role. And God bless you as you continue to help create healthy churches. Yeah, thank you. And bless you guys too. Thanks. If you'd like to find out more information about Kimberly Smith, you can go to her website at KimberlySmith.org. That's KimberlySmith.org. We trust this program has encouraged you to look at how vitally important your role in your church is on how to keep young people engaged and hopefully in their lifelong spiritual journey. We at Focus on the Family are proud to partner with Here to Stay, a movement committed to address the alarming issue of young people leaving the church. For more information, go to heretostay.org.au. That's here-stay.org.au. If we can be of any other service or if you would like more helpful resources, including the Family Project found on our FamilyCast app, go to our website at families.org.au. I'm Brett Ryan and we look forward to you tuning in again for another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.